Please keep your hands and arms inside the plane at all times until we reach a complete stop. Thank you for flying and amusing airways. <laughs> hey, Launchpad gave me the line. I know. So I decided I was, to work it in. Like you, that was like word for word what he said in the movie. I'm kind of shocked. Fairly close. I'm. It's been admittedly a very long time since I've seen the movie, but um, we saw it yesterday. I'm saying before this. Did you actually learn to fly the plane? <laughs> uh, I took a crash course. That's not very reassuring. <laughs> I think I like the part where he doesn't, he's like, don't you have your flying lessons? Flying lessons? You mean you don't? It's like you pirated him how many times, Scrooge, and you're just learning this now? I mean, Darkwing Duck has experience with this, too. I can't remember if he's any more or less a competent pilot in that series. Was I don't he, think he is. I, I can't, I don't think he was a rich man. Was he? Was he rich? Who? Uh, uh, in Darkwing Duck, uh, DW. DW wasn't rich. At least I don't think he was. He was just sort of an... He, he sort of was an every duck, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was just one of those guys who wanted the fame and fortune of being a crime fighter. He was ready to get dangerous. Let's get dangerous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am the terror that flaps in the night. Um, and we are the terror that haunts the internet this October. And we're not actually doing anything spooky this month. We don't have any spooky movies lined up for um, Animusings. But then again, that's been true for the last couple of years as well, hasn't well, it? Animusings is not going to be one of those that's... Co- it's not... And none of the movies, except for one, actually. Right. Okay, so none of the movies are going to go in ta- uh, in tune or in time with uh, a holiday, except for one, which I'm shocked by. <laughs> so... Um, if, we're on, if we stay on schedule, which one is that? Nightmare for Christmas is actually c- gonna come out in December. Oh wow! I know. I was shocked. I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" That's too good. So we could actually release that on Christmas if we want to. I love this idea. Well, here we are for Animusings Plus. Uh, I am your host, David King, and I am your host, Kayla King. And joining us tonight to talk about—well, we're recording this tonight. Joining us in this episode to talk about. A certain uh, movie from 1990? 1990, yes. 1990, uh, featuring ducks, ducks, and more ducks. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex. Hi, I'm Heather. It, they've been on our show. I know they were on... Uh, Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Were they on another? Nope. Just Peter Pan. Just Peter Pan. Yeah, we, you're scheduled for another, though, if I recall. Besides this one? Like, aren't they doing Hunchback? Yeah. Yes, yes they, they will be joining us for Hunchback of Notre Dame after oh, this. Oh, fun. But they were like, we want to do another sooner than Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I'm like, well, we got DuckTales, Legend the of movie. the movie. DuckTales, the movie, Legend of the Lost Lamp. That's what we're talking about. Yep. So, yeah. Um, wow. Uh, it has been uh, many a year since I watched this last. I still remember a lot of it pretty vividly, but um, I'm sorry, I'm diving into personal histories right away, but... Actually, that's not a bad way to begin. What is our personal history? So, okay, for those who don't know, those who were are under a rock, or maybe they're from another country, I don't know. DuckTales is a TV show. <laughs> Specifically, uh, it was originally a TV show that began in the 1980s? Yes. Yes, 1980s. And then um, now has just been really released uh, fairly recently. I want to say like two years ago. They had sort of a reimagined reboot mm-hmm. uh, where with a, a different voice cast. Well, obviously, it's been a few years. Um, 
new stories, but very much inspired by the original. Um, gotta say, uh, and I'll probably mention this a few times, big fan. I actually really enjoy the, uh, the new DuckTales. Quite oh, no, it's really good. I was shocked very good. this. It's very good. My Twitter icon is still, is still the... Uh, I made the that for you. Duck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a point when duck, when the new DuckTales came out. Oh, yeah, out. Make a Duck. Yeah, Make a Duck. And I just started making everybody their own duck. <laughs> or no, did I just show that to you? Did I make that for you? You just showed it to me. Yeah, I think there was a point where I'm like, everybody, make your own duck. Come on, let's Come do Come on, this. let's duck this up. Yeah. <laughs> you, might, you might have to cut this, David, but I almost referred to it as the, the Go Duck Yourself program. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good because we're only saying duck. It's true. We're only we're only it, we only it, swear it's, if it's if we, if we it's, get if we get really waterfowl mouths. It's the <laughs> oh. Basically, we're allowed to uh, um, good place it. I guess that would be we're we're good placing this. Yeah. Uh yes. What the forking shirt? <laughs> For, forking shirt balls. There we go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so this is 1990. Uh, so uh, yeah, personal personal histories with with Ducktales, and I guess with Ducktales: Legend of the Lost Lamp. Well, well, it's not really a personal history as much as it's a personal anecdote. But um, the scene where they have the tea party in the movie, yes. and the G gets confused and starts talking about the Boston Tea Party. Yeah, I learned about the Boston Tea Party. <laughs> that's awesome i was about like four when i watched it so oh, oh that's awesome that sounds about right i mean that that's uh, so it's a it was a history lesson and a throwaway joke i mean yeah because it was it was the joke that like because you, you don't learn about the boston tea party until like fifth grade or right. something like that yeah so like him being confused like what are we gonna dress up like indians and throw tea off the boat like, I was very confused. <laughs> and luckily, Webby was there to clear that up. Yes. <laughs> well, that's that's a good anecdote. I actually like that. And as I think about it, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one of the earlier references I could think of of the Boston Tea Party. I, like, uh, that, com- for me. Completely, when I watched this, I completely forgot they made a reference to the Boston Tea Party until we just watched it yesterday. I was like, oh, yeah, that was in this movie. And, and it was funny because... It was the only thing I remembered about the movie going in. I'm like, somewhere in this movie is a reference to the Boston Tea Party. <laughs> the only thing I remember about this movie. So for me, I loved this movie when I was a kid. I watched it uh, so many times. We had, my parents used to take us to the video store. There's a throwback reference to show how old I am. Yeah, that was me too. That was us. Yeah, me too. Uh, and my, but my dad had uh, two VCRs, and so what we would do is if we went to the video store and we found a movie that we really liked, he would copy it for us onto a VHS. Ah. Throw my dad under the bus here a little bit. <laughs> um, so we had all of these movies recorded. Oh. Um, and it was one of those things, I don't have the tape anymore, but it had all of the previews before it. Oh, and- nice. One of the previews that was on this was on this tape was the Black Cauldron. Oh, and what I really remember is that I had never seen the Black Cauldron. I only saw that trailer until I was like nineteen. Was when I actually finally tracked down a copy of the Black Cauldron. Um, But I watched the movie so many times through. 
but it had been so long, I only remembered little bits and pieces. I remembered the genie's line at the very end of the film. I remembered a little bit about Murloc. I remember Dijon and his magic pants. Yes. That could hold, that could hold all the treasures. Um, I remembered the anatomically incorrect scorpions. Yes. But like, I had no sense of the general film as a whole. I just remembered the separate beats to it. Mm-hmm. So I just have a question because I forgot a lot about DuckTales. The world is populated by ducks. And what other animal is that? We don't know. Cats, cats and dogs, because it's Goofy and um, and like Pete the Cat are still in that universe. What is Dijon supposed to be? A weasel, I think. Okay. I he I think he I think he and all I thought he and all the other like people who were living out in the desert in in like Egypt or whatever. I thought they were supposed to be like dogs of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to tell. Yeah, I feel like he's whatever. There's a lot of the characters in in Ducktales that weren't ducks were just human-ish looking with slight canine features and black noses. Yeah. yeah. So they were kind of vague in what they actually were. Because I only remember the ducks. Uh, they. Oh, I'm looking it up. They call them dog faces. <laughs> like Beagle Boys, those are dog faces. Doc Gorf is uh dog face like and i assume that's also what um uh dijon and dijon is there's yeah. all i also noticed there Mur- were murloc is a dog face yeah that's like i'm looking through uh wikipedia for what like what these type of characters are and they it's like most of them are either duck characters there's also bird characters but then they have dog face characters and um it, <laughs> and then there is uh you human characters, apparently. Like, there's a zombie Wait. that pops up. And then Madame Mim apparently pops up. At w- Wait, in DuckTales? Yeah. This is weird. Uh, and apparently Witch Hazel as well. What? I don't know. Yep, yep. He, she, All these characters appeared in DuckTales? I think so. This, this is, is bizarre. It's a little more clearly defined. Nope, nope, just kidding, just kidding. It's a, any, they all appear in the Donald Duck universe, sorry. Oh, this is just Donald Duck universe. Okay, no, 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 no. Uh, DuckTales, DuckTales universe is its own animal. Yeah. Especially the original DuckTales. The, the, um, the recent incarnation of DuckTales, the animals are a little more defined. And they cross over with all the other, uh, Disney Channel like, there's references to all the other sort of Disney universes, so, like, I, I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but in the new DuckTales, I appreciate their nods to continuity. For example, Don Carnage and the Air Pirates show up at one point from mm-hmm. Tailspin. Uh, nice. they, they have mentioned Spoonerville, uh, which is the town where, for, where Goof Troop is set. Yes. Um, I love those little those little details. I'm not sure if the Rescue Rangers make a cameo. I haven't watched that far, but if they do, that would be pretty sick. I think there's been talks about them eventually making one, but I don't know. I'm just stoked that the three caballeros were in it. I know. That'd be- Ooh, nice. Yeah. That far. Yeah, apparently in in that universe, uh, Scrooge refers to them as co- uh, Donald's old college band. Which is like hearing David Tennant say, oh, it's his old college band. Yeah. Actually, so Jose, Jose and, and Panchito knew Donald from college, apparently. That's how they knew each other. There's this old college. So good. Um, uh, I, I mean, I grew up with DuckTales as a kid. Like, that was a show I watched quite a bit of. Um, I never watched 
Okay, I've watched the movie, by the way. I've watched this movie actually a few times, but I never watched it on, like, VHS. It was uh, always on Disney Channel. Yeah, mm, I watched it. Uh, the only place I watched this was on VHS, because I used to rent this from the video store. So, um, um, but I didn't have, um, uh, but there was, and it was a frequent rental enough that I remember this, a lot of this movie pretty, pretty clearly. Just not certain, not like certain other, like, more detailed be- beats on it. I don't remember the last time I watched it. Um, it's funny because I, this is how I mainly remember DuckTales. I remember the theme and of course I remember the characters, uh, but I don't, it's, I can't think of individual DuckTales episodes that I remember, like clearly, except for, I think the ones that I also rented. Like there was one that also involved a magic lamp, weirdly enough. It was a, it was a, a, a regular episode, but it had, uh, Glomgold as the villain. Oh yeah, because there's that scene where they're like, <laughs> the Glomgold and, uh, it even shows in the, uh, it's in the theme song. In the theme song where they're climbing and they're like, mm, mm. and they're trying to reach a lamp at the top. Yes. Yeah, that happens. Um, I don't think that I'd have to go back and look for that one again, but I don't remember um, much more about it except that Glomgold and uh, there was some, I think there was kind of a time travel element. To there, it. there was a bunch of different episodes. They, the one thing that made the show really good was, was the adventure aspect. And honestly, with this movie, I realized the adventure aspect is, the best part. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, uh, the ones that I remember, uh, like, I actually do remember separate episodes of DuckTales. The, the more vivid one was when um, a spell gets cast, and actually there is a point where uh, Magic Dispe- Magicka Dispel has, like a, like, a romantic relationship with Scrooge Rick and Duck at some point because of a magic spell. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. Um and, uh, with this movie, yeah, there was a bunch of, uh, like, like you, there was a bunch of stuff I remember. Like, I remembered Ge- the genie's last line as well. Um, I remembered, like, the ice cream sundae. I actually remember, a, uh, a good chunk of the part where they, um, are going to get, get the lamp or going for yeah. the treasure. Are you, am I, am I the only one who was kind of disappointed that, uh, that Dijon never did the MC, MC Hammer slide while wearing those pants? Yeah. Yes. yes, you're the only one. Sorry. Oh, because, I mean, it would have been perfect. Anyway. Um, no, I was, I was disappointed too. <laughs> I love, I, that would have been great. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So anyway, um, so, I, I was about to ask how we feel about this movie now, but I think we can talk about it as we, you know, go into the movie. Well, before, but before that, before that, let me um, give a, a good sense of this movie as a whole. Like, I guess, I guess the history of it. Tell us a little about this. Okay, so um, I had to look this up just to be sure because this was not in my original notes, but I think it's important. Uh, the The series itself premiered in September of 1987 and ran for an exact total of 100 episodes. And actually, its final episode was in November of 1990. Um, this film came out August 3rd, 1990. So we are, this is like the last leg. Oh my gosh. This, um, I, it's just like a lot of TV shows, um, when you think about it. Yeah, like, it, like they, once it's, once they've hit their, you kind of, once a TV show does the movie, it's usually on its last legs. So, generally speaking. It's not always true, but you know. There was a point, so, um, originally this, uh, was going to be a five-part episode, uh, for the TV series, but then, the, um, they decided, well, let's see what happens if we release it as a feature film. Let's see how well it'll do, since it all, basically, it was kind of a test to see 
Um, this has a has a following. People love the show. Uh, they watched it on uh, the Disney Afternoon. Let's see what happens if we made it into a movie and see if people will go see it. You know, kind of. It was kind of a tester one. Yeah. Um, and uh, many of the animators who worked on it, by the way, uh, came from all over the world. Like, um, like uh, m- most of it was worked in like uh, in their uh, London studio as well as in Paris, and then. Um, a lot of, like, the ink and paint and camera work was done in China as well as in Spain. Uh, actually, um, Larry Rupel, who was an American animator, uh, gave his experience. Uh, I actually have a quote from him. He was the sole American, or the only American animator work on this. He's like, I was the sole American working at the Paris studio during this production. The other creative artists hailing mostly from France, Denmark, Australia, and Italy. As the only American on staff, there were many occasions where I had to explain to supervisors or other animators the exact meaning of some American slang phrases used in the dialogue of the script. Which makes sense. There are, I mean, look, the Boston Tea Party joke. Right, right, right. Um, I, I'd like to add that this little movie ended up being quite important because of the notable animation professionals who got their start on this project. Besides myself, I've animated numerous Disney projects as well as uh, classical... Uh, classic Warner Brothers shorts. There are other, there are, among others, DreamWorks animators, Sylvain de Boise and Nicolas Marlette, French animation director Pierre uh, Lefaut, I'm probably butchering it, Lefaut, and ILM's James Baker and Daniel Jeanette. For all the Europeans working on this Disney feature, it was a dream come true, because, and because most of us were working on a feature for the first time in our lives, in a way, it was our Snow White. Aww. Um... So, uh, the film itself, when it was released, it earned, um, 18 million. Nice. Uh, and it did make Akka's budget, but it wasn't a success. So, like, it, like, it made back the money it made. Yeah. Um, but Disney was hoping it for it to be huge, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, they were, they had, originally they were thinking, oh, we're gonna, like, if this does well, we could release, like, sequels and, like... And, like, there was actually going to be a sequel for this film, but then they're like, okay, didn't do as well, so, eh, let's not. <laughs> and then they were going to do, like, movies for the other Disney Afternoon shows, and that didn't happen. And that... Well... Here's, here's the reason why that's Goof important. Troop. No, actually... Eventually they, became... Go- that's the thing. They were go- served as the inspiration for a Goofy movie. Yeah, no, saying. well, that that's the idea. Goof Troop was actually going to be a movie, but then they're like... No, don't don't make Goof Troop a movie. Just make it a goofy movie. Just make it about Goofy. That's yeah, it. it's still it's set in the Goof Troop universe. Yeah, but so. they don't say it's a Goof Troop. So that's the reason why. Because right, this film didn't. Okay, that's the weird part. The film did well. It just didn't do amazingly well. And it's kind of like when we later get into um, Princess and the Frog. The same thing happened. They were expecting Princess Frog to be huge. And it was. It made good money. But it made it. It did well, and it made it money. Its money back. But Disney was like, "But we expected it to be bigger. Why wasn't it bigger?" And because of that, like, they're like, "Well, no, we're gonna have to stick with 3D." Nah. It, it, it's it's kind of silly. Whenever they're like, "No, we're expected to be huge," and then it does well, but it's not like what they expected. And then as a result, they're all like, "Mer mer mer." 
We can't. <laughs> well, you know how it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess we should talk about the movie. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have a feeling that um, here's one thing I'll say right on um, right from the get go. Um, the movie's story isn't terribly complicated. No, it's no, it's really simple. It's it, so. It, I can't imagine we'll be here pouring over nuances or anything. This this might be a little bit of a shorter episode. But, I mean, I still want to, like, want to highlight specific things. Almost like, you know, like our earlier with the anecdote about the Boston Tea Party. Yeah, there's there's moments, I think, that stick out. I definitely want to talk about those. But for the most part, I don't think we're going to be, like, pouring over this like we do certain other ones. There's not a ton of... I, I, don't wanna, I don't mean to say this to sound callous, but there's not a ton of depth to this film. You know what I mean? We were saying the same thing earlier. We were like, I'm not sure how much there is to talk about in this movie. It's fun. It's it's an enjoyable movie, but it's an hour and ten minutes. It, it's, yeah. very, it's like four episodes. Also, the movie came out when I was four, and it really, like, I understood it as a four-year-old. Right. There's nothing you can't understand about this film. This yeah. is a very simple film. The premise itself is just... They go to Egypt. Yeah, so I think it's Egypt. It's 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 implied to be Egypt. Egypt. So they go to Egypt. It's fantasy Egypt. Yes, it's Duckburg Egypt. They go to Duckburg Egypt, (laughs) and they're there to find uh, the treasure of uh, Kali Baba. Kali, wait, Kali Baba. Kali Baba. AKA it's like Alibaba, but it's the Duckbird version of Alibaba. So Kali Baba. He does look like a he does have a Kali head. You see his crest a couple of times, and mm, I do like yeah. the I do like the symbol. Uh and they uh end up losing the treasure, but come back with a lamp that they think is just a regular uh well, it's a regular oil lamp. lamp. And just then the lamp. turns out to have a genie. Uh and the Genie uh, starts granting the young uh, ducklings wishes. He can grant each of them three wishes, but it turns out his old master, Murloc, is after them, uh, is after him because uh, Murloc has a very, is a very powerful wizard. Sorcerer. Sorcerer. They say specifically sorcerer. Uh, He's not only immortal, um, but he has a uh, medallion that, if he puts it on lamp, he can have as many wishes as he wants. And he wishes for terrible things. Like, he wished Atlantis away. He and, wished Pompeii out of existence. Or he wished Pompeii to blow up. Yep. And, or, well, or, uh, the volcano to blow up and destroy Pompeii. Yeah, you know, semantics, he's, he's specifics. A, he's a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, and it goes from there, just uh, Murloc coming in and then... Murloc trying to get the lamp, the kids trying to keep the lamp away from Uncle Scrooge because they don't want to lose their wish thing, and then Uncle Scrooge gets the lamp, and then... I mean, we can, we're, we'll we we'll talk about this more. It becomes a big battle for the lamp, and there's also a, a wisecracking genie involved. Gee, that sounds familiar. Uh, well, here's... Well, I know this is still a ways before Aladdin. This is two years I know, Aladdin. but it's it's really funny that they, here we are you know, with a genie-centric movie two years before Aladdin. By the way, um... Watching uh, it again made me realize how similar it is to Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I could actually, yeah. Using is. the final wish to, to well, like, free the genie, for to, example. They have to go into the desert to find the lamp. Right. Yes. They, don't, they, they initially don't understand that the lamp is the great treasure, as Aladdin doesn't. 
but the evil but the evil sorcerer does oh yeah does accidentally release the genie discover that they have wishes frivol away several of the wishes the bad guy gets the lamp immediately before the final wish is cast the final wish is to free the genie like well i mean they don't free the genie he says you can be a real boy and i'm like wow but he but he is freed technically uh we'll get destroyed yes by the way we'll get into that final wish later that kind of bugs me um (laughs) so yeah so let's 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 Uh, let's start at the beginning so so, they they're flying there i do like the opening shot of this movie we get a nice background and then we got a bird and uh, also have you noticed the anime the way they move is so fluid it's yeah, like, but the animation isn't like amazing. Like it's definitely like television based animation. It's amazing. Like there's some parts that I feel like they invested way more time and energy in. Oh yeah, in terms of the animation compared to certain other scenes. Some scenes it really shows how much effort they put into it, and others it's not that there's not effort put throughout, but you can see the the quality kind of shift in places. It like ebbs and flows. I don't know if you guys picked that up, but that's what I saw. The animation for me, when I was watching it, like, I, I thought it looked almost frantic at yeah. times. Like everything yeah. was always moving, mm. uh, especially with the genie. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Dewey and, and Webby. They were constantly moving, and the animation at times kind of looked jerky mm-hmm. in that regard. Like it was almost sped up to keep it visually interesting. Yeah. But some of the scenes, like the opening with the the plane flying in or Murloc's transformations and stuff like that, those were all really good. Yeah, the the all the I actually commented to Kayla as you're watching it. All the bits where he goes from like bird to sorcerer look really good. They're very fluid. Um. Oh, I should probably say this uh, uh, out loud right now. Uh, so there are two voice actors in here, other than the typical cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. We have Christopher Lloyd as the villain Murloc. Um, I will say, there's times when you're like, oh yeah, that's clearly Christopher Lloyd. But for yeah. the most part, I was like, I forget. Like, he actually does lose his voice into the character quite a bit. He, you know, Murloc is your very generic, kind of magic-y McVillain dude. Mm-hmm. There's not much to say about Murloc. But, like, Christopher Lloyd does a good job with the voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the genie is voiced by Rip Taylor. Which, um, I'm gonna address the elephant in the room. Uh, yeah, we did not plan for this. Obviously, no one plans for these sort of things. So, but... uh, Rip Taylor recently just passed away, uh, October 6th of this year. And, uh, which, I was shocked. Like, that was one of the, it, it was one of those odd moments where, like, oh, wow. And he, and, because we were gonna record this episode, and we were like, oh, wow, I can... Oh my goodness! Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know right? how to react. Um, in terms of like voices, uh, now I know Rip Taylor was a comedian, and uh, he actually did quite a bit of voice work. Mm-hmm. But this movie and like one other film is what I know him for. Right. Um, also, he was good friends with Liberace, apparently. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> just a fun fact. I, <laughs> I, I I looked up his history and all that, and it's just uh, I don't know him from a lot of things but uh he does have a very distinct voice i think he did fair in this I, role i think he did a good job for in terms of uh uh a genie like in what the genie in the genie's character it's his voice is very fitting mm. he's a good choice for the genie mm-hmm. yeah 
Except when they decide to take his character in the ending, which, uh, yeah. which I I will. Do we want to, I mean, okay. you want to yeah, get it off, um, your, do you want to get it yeah, off your chest right now? This bug I feel like we might, I feel like, I feel like this is, again, I said this is probably going to be a shorter episode. I don't know if we're going to hit it beat by beat by beat necessarily. Well, it's, a, it's an anime using this plus too. So. Yeah, that's fair. We can do it whatever way we want. So, uh, the genie at the end, uh, like we mentioned before, the wish is that, not that he's freed. The wish is you get to be a real boy. And I'm like, hold up. What? And yeah, he gets turned into a 90s looking real boy, like with the backwards cap and everything. <laughs> and he gets to be a child. So Rip Taylor's voice does not sound like a child. This is clearly like a a, like, adult man voicing this character. And for the most part, like, as a genie, yeah, that's very fitting. And I, as a comedian, it fits his voice. What is this whole, like, I've only just wanted to be a child boy? You sound like you're 40. You don't sound... I don't... I, that doesn't bother me that much. It's... it's I, the it they didn't change the voice when he became a real boy? No, I know! I'm like... A nine-year-old boy with, like, a man's voice. It's not a perfect transformation. <laughs> no, it's a terrible transformation. He couldn't have just been freed, like... Because no, but he expressed to Scrooge when they were at the ski lodge for the archaeologist thing, the antiquity convention or whatever, that he always wanted to be live like a real, a real boy. But he's He like, has the Pinocchio mindset. But that's like a 40-year-old saying, gosh, I wish I was a real boy. You're, even though, he, and he's like 10,000 years he's old. He's never... Look, he's never had an opportunity to be a boy, like a like a like a regular '90s kid. But then maybe, he, maybe he just has a deep voice. Like Alex's brother has always had a deep voice. It's true, he has. <laughs> but <laughs> like, like he, there's a video from him at Christmas when he's five, and it's like, does anybody have any idea what this is? <laughs> but, but like Rip, oh, Taylor, Rip Taylor doesn't have a. Uh, like a, a, a deep voice it's a it's a high-pitched voice but it's clearly an adult voice it's got a raspiness to it yeah so there's a little bit of uh age sounding to it oh yeah and not necessarily sounding old but sounding kind of for lack of a better term almost used but the funny part is even when i was a kid this bugged me too like when i, I remember watching this and i remembered this scene vividly like when i like when i was like eight or seven whatever the age i was when i last watched this and i was just like but why does why does this adult man want to be a kid this is clearly isn't a kid <laughs> i it's just it's that interesting that it really it's i mean your mileage may vary on this this doesn't i mean i get where you're coming from but it doesn't bother me that much because the movie by that point the movie's almost over i'm just like yeah okay have the have the hokey ending give the give the genie what he wants you mm. know i understand it makes more sense when you're Robin Williams genie and you just want to be freed and you can yeah. still just be Robin Williams but this is yeah it's it's a little weird but I'm just it doesn't bother me that much he looks like 90s kid like that outfit man it's he's granting his own wish it's what he wanted I want to be he wanted be he wants to be where the people are he wants to he be wants a, to wear his baseball cap backwards and like really over the top colored clothes like clearly dating he's no yeah his this this the one part that kind of dates this movie. Eh, there's a lot that dates this movie. Let's be honest. I mean, well, the <laughs> well, no, no, the nephews are the nephews are all kind of universally just there. Webby's just kind of okay. Um, I mean, my I think my main 
my main thing that I always took away from the movie is that the nephews are, as a unit, one character. You want to pull them out individually? Sure, which one is which? I don't know. What defines them as individuals? I don't know. The nephews are a unit. They're a character. They're not three separate characters. So They're not Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They're Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And, uh, and which is, uh, the new DuckTales spoils us because they, they actually give individual personalities to each of the nephews. Which, they're also all voiced by adult men, by the way. I know. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't know why I... So all the adult men, by the way, are like in their twenties, though. Well, no, thirties. Technically, they're thirties. But, mm-hmm. but like the way that they do their voices is, I still believe them, even though it, like I still believe the them. The suspension of disbelief is easier. It is, and even then, like Rusey Taylor was like an older woman, and she's doing the voices for all four kids as well. Can I say big, big ups to Rusey Taylor though? Like, and she, you know, she passed away just this year too. The yeah. late great Rusey Taylor. Who, the voice of the original, well, the voice of Minnie Mouse for many, many, many years, but also mm-hmm. the voice of all of the three nephews and, uh, Webby. Mm-hmm. And that's, when you think about how scratchy she has to make her voice for the, for the nephews and, um, like how she has to change that up, it's like, you know, she, she, I, I, I gotta commend her for having to play these two characters. <laughs> Jeez. There's that part of me that thinks, like, they're just, like, they didn't even put, they just put Huey doing a movie, and she just did a voice, and then at some point, the animator's like, uh, yeah, just make, yeah, choose, choose a nephew for this part. Yeah, just have just this, choose a nephew. Just have a nephew say yeah. this line. It doesn't matter which yeah. one. Um, uh, my, my biggest complaint about the film, in watching it more recently, was kind of, was kind of realizing that it, there's, there's really no knowledge of the stakes of how dangerous Murloc is until really late in the film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because the kids kind of hiding the genie from Uncle Scrooge is sort of the biggest threat they have for almost half the film. Yeah. That was the only part of this movie I remembered. I completely forgot about Murloc. And then the genie tells them about Murloc, who we see early on in the film... And who's sort of vaguely threatening, but we don't really know what he wants to do with the lamp. It's not until the genie does his little exposition dump and tells us about the amulet that grants unlimited wishes, which is also one of those things that now, as an adult, also bugs me because I'm like, what is this amulet that is more powerful than a genie? I have I have to wonder though. Murloc apparently used his wishes pretty wisely. His first wish was apparently to live forever, according to the genie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which okay, and there's there's some weird rules about the wishes that aren't clearly established. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first like he apparently can't grasp a million. He can't grant a million wishes. He can't grant uh world peace and happiness. That's a miracle. That's oh, because that's a miracle, miracle, not a wish. Okay. He can, uh, there was another wish that he couldn't grant, which was, I can't remember what it was. He he said, uh, they wished for Murloc's amulet. Oh, to have Murloc's amulet. Okay. What do you think, what if Murloc, for his second wish, worded it very, very carefully that he, I, I can't wish, wish for a million wishes, but I can wish for a magic amulet that, when placed on the lamp, can give me unlimited wishes. Is, do you think that's doable? Because he, he exploited a loophole. It was something weird because it was sort of like a. I, I, I understand it's it's a kids movie and it's based on Ducktales, which was full of <laughs> an artifact appears. Yeah, we just accept it and run with it. But I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit older 
and I, yeah, we're we're picking apart a movie so, that is essentially. But, but here, here's the funny part: like I we've watched all of these like Disney animated films, and for the most part, technically, yeah, they could be meant for kids, um, but it feels like it's meant for everybody, and like even like films that were like, oh god, this isn't that great. We still, it still felt like it was meant for not just kids, mm. but adults as well. And that was, I mean, that was always the idea Walt had was, I want to make entertainment for the whole family. Right. And that has been a statement so far that has fit through all of these films. This film, though, this is clearly meant for an age group. This is clearly yeah. this is meant. This is meant for people who the, the the sort of demographic they had watching Ducktales exactly at the time and. Which, Which was, you know, us. Although, pretty much. exactly. Although, um, and here's here's the funny part because there is there's a part that I really uh, there is a part of the movie that I really love and actually helps get me through this film. But um, I'll I'll put that to the side for a bit. But the yeah. part, like you said, like half the movie is with the kids and the genie, and that part is the I think it's the most boring. Like. Yeah. I, I th- when it's just them putzing around and the genie's just like, oh, this is what it's like being in the real world and da, 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 and playing playing the games and then the things of the toys coming to life. And, and, and like the-, the, the things that kids wish for are typical kid stuff. Like, I wish to have a giant elephant. and uh, I wish for all this stuff in our yard and some ice cream. And, I like, wish for a Okay, I, he seems to appreciate that they all only want small wishes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, for the most part, they're kids, so... The, Kids do have small wishes. Yeah, they're very small wishes. I want the most a giant ice cream, and that's an easy wish to do. Um, yeah, but for some reason it didn't bother me. Well, I mean, I guess it's big, again different animal, but a movie like Kazam, for example, where the kid I, I wish junk food would fall to the sky from the sky. <laughs> also, it does make sense that their wishes are just very small things. Because don't forget their their uncle who they live with is a quadzillionaire. As That's right. And they live with him. So it's like, yeah, but he's a, like, he's a, he's a huge no, like toy or thing that's out of their reach. So like, but, it's not, plus you know, movie, like he has so much money, but, but, they, the, but there is because uncle, uncle Scrooge is still a notorious cheapskate. Yeah. But for the most part, they like, they have their own room. They get to run around the house. They kind of get, they almost kind of get whatever they want. Well, I mean, I mean, you look at Webby's room. She's not wanting for toys and dolls and stuff. So, and then to make it even more so, he drags them with them to all these adventures. Like they're always doing something (laughs) different and new. (laughs) The boys earn their allowance. The kids earn their allowance by getting into life or death. Uh, uh, situations with their rich uncle so, so they, who just wants to collect antiquities. Yeah, so, like, the stuff they want is very basic. I want all this ice cream. Basically, the stuff kids technically aren't allowed to have until, aren't, like, aren't really allowed to have. Right, right. Um, I do love that one of them uses their wish to not get in trouble for coming home late. Yes, that's a great... That was good. I did like that. That was a really good use of a wish. Oh, yeah. As a kid, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's good. That's a good one. (laughs) Um, I cannot tell you... See, that just goes to show with the nephews. I cannot tell you which one made that wish. Nope. Nope. I don't even remember. They're they're indistinguishable. The one in red? Question mark? I don't know. I, I, um, I, can, I can tell you the names of each ones, but that's just because, thank goodness for the new film, like uh, like uh, Louie is the green one, uh, Huey is the red one, and Dewey is the blue one. But, like, God, 
yeah, I miss the personalities of the new ones. Like, yeah, like Louis was kind of the is the troublemaker. Well, so is Dewey, but like Louis is just like I'm just gonna mess up up and. I might be technically the evil triplet, so yeah. And I, I, I am a greedy. He's kind of the slacker too, yeah, which I like. Dewey, yeah, Dewey is a uh, more the adventurous one. Uh, is is one to go like jump in where isn't and and then Huey is like kind of the compulsive planner. Yes, he yeah. is, he's actually the woodchuck. Like he's the he's the bona fide woodchuck. Yes, of the group. Senior woodchuck. Yeah, he's the he's the one that's always consulting the woodchuck's guide. I like again. They took what was already the stuff that was already kind of touched on in, in the original Ducktales, and they improve it. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. So so going way back, yeah. We uh, there's that bit. The bit. Yeah, I'm with you. You though. The whole bit where it's just them palling around with the genies. Okay. I also I we we talked a little about about the menace of Murloc. Murloc is not terribly menacing when he's turning into a rat or a cockroach and trying to get stuff done. I get the comedy beats and I get why he does it. But there's moments where I just go I think to myself in a situation, you're in the elevator, you're trying to smash your in in uh the vault. Yeah. In the money bin. Um now that it's Dijon's money bin after Dijon gets the lamp. And um Which is probably the best part of the film. Oh yeah, I love yeah. this part. I, the, my favorite parts of the film are honestly the beginning when they up to yeah. like after they get out of the pyramid. I can tell you exactly what makes my favorite part. Scrooge McDuck. Anything involving Scrooge McDuck is the best part of this film for me. He has the best jokes. Like m- like one joke that I actually really laughed at is like um is like they're getting the treasure. It's like what are you going to do with all the treasure? Oh, give it out, give most of it to museums and <laughs> all that. That doesn't sound like Scrooge. And then I'll get a huge tax write off for it. That sounds like Scrooge. <laughs> That's a great joke. I love that. That was a really good line. Yeah. I think the unique thing about DuckTales when you think about it is is mostly concerns the 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 main character is a very old man who still is spry enough to go on adventures. And then he has no problems jumping He's like, "Hey, hey, that's my money. <laughs> I want this. And he's like so genuinely upset that it's like, he's like, I'm not going to this. Oh, wait, I have the treasure. Yeah, I'm going to this. Like, he is also Alan Young. Oh, I miss him. The late, great Alan Young. Young, late, great Alan Young did an amazing job as Scrooge. He, like, he yeah. nailed it. And like, in this, he does, like, Scrooge is written very well. I love his character. Like, he's. It, again, he's an adventurous soul, but at the same time, he's still a stingy, uh, d- old man. stubborn old man. And he's st- and the, you know the the thing though, he's still got a good heart too. In in the end, he's still got a good heart. Like, and it's just like the, one of the funny parts is like he, they're gonna go break into his uh, what used to be his um, his money bin, and he's wearing the Scottish hat. <laughs> We were we were just uh, we were we were jump- joking, but as he leapt out of the airplane, he was just like from Scotland. But it's like there is no doubt they're like, how much Scottish can we make this man? And he's like, bless me, bagpipes. <laughs> he's he is um you know Scrooge McDuck is actually um on a list of famous Glaswegians because yeah. uh Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck is originally from Glasgow. Yeah, I know that's um, like... one part of the film that I do really like when you mention them breaking into the the money vault is the scene when the kids break in while Scrooge is coming from, like, the top. Yeah. Yes. And the kids have to get past all of, like, 
the crazy booby traps <laughs> he set up. He even listed like it's like ten thousand, or like he actually has a like a list of booby traps to protect his money. <laughs> yeah, is it weird to say like when he loses his money, like it when it turns stony, and he's like, oh, my money, and I actually actually you you I felt that my money, like my heart actually broke for him. <laughs> that you no, know, he loves his money, man. Yeah. He spent it. Like at the end of the movie, he needs a moment lo- alone with it. Yes, John is just there. Oh man, Dijon! <laughs> and he actually chases after him, even though that's a great that's a great ending scene yes. where it's just him Stop chasing Dijon. Did I remember that scene so vividly? Because then the Ducktail theme starts to kick in as he's chasing Dijon down the street. What a that's a I actually really like the ending mm-hmm. in that Dijon regard. was my favorite character. Oh, Dijon! Yeah, Dijon's a great character. Oh, Scrooge is my favorite, but, like, I think close behind him is Dijon. So, yeah, Dijon, we haven't really talked about Dijon, have we? Yeah. I will say real quick for Scrooge, like, I was starting to say, so the whole beginning part, the middle part with the, the kids is not so great, but pretty much from the, um, the, the ski lodge, like, thing onward, but specifically when it gets to the, the heist, breaking into the money vault and to the finale, that's when I think the movie is good. And especially the animation. I love when uh, the uh, Murloc is transforming the bin into his fortress. Yes. That looks really good. Uh, the scene where the staircase that the, 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 the kids are on is like swirling around and crashing through walls is like exquisitely animated. It's oh, beautiful. Yeah. That Murloc's tower is like straight up nightmare fuel. Like it's growing horns, it's growing fangs, it's got bat wings coming out of the walls for no apparent reason, <laughs> and it looks like it's made out of dried lava. I I leaned over to Kayla at one point and said, uh, "So when did the Skeksis show up?" <laughs> yeah, it really it looks like it really looks like the tower from from, from Dark Crystal. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's it's just it is. It's just a big nightmarish mess, and his throne. Looks like that, too. Genie, I wish to be a Skeksian, and all of these creatures shall be um, Gelflings, and I shall steal their souls. Wait, you want you want it? Are, what? Master, what are you talking about? I don't even... And then Murloc just goes, mm. <laughs> <laughs> The bit where the throne unfurls was a... That, I always vividly remember that scene. Yeah. That so cool. Yeah, oh, that was great. I, uh, one scene I forgot, like, I forgot I remembered is when he's like, I, where he's like, uh, cast him out. And he's like, I'm sorry, I have no choice. And then Scrooge saying, I understand. I forgot <laughs> I remembered that. But. Yeah, Scrooge is just, like, resigned to his fate, practically. Like, he's already lost everything. Well, except his nephews. Mm-hmm. And, and Webby. And, um, I also like the fact that in his movie, the genie is clearly not bound by the same rules that Aladdin's genie is. Oh, yeah. Because this genie can straight up kill people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, it's stated that he caused the death of all those people in Atlantis and all those people in Pompeii. Pompeii especially. Real thing. Oh, people yeah. actually died. Yeah, you'd, uh, think, you'd think Murloc would be more careful about some of his wishes considering what I presume is how he got the magic amulet. But he could have had the amulet before I, that. I will I will say one thing I appreciate for the continuity is that uh, I've forgotten about this detail, but like, how come he doesn't have the lamp? Well, Kali Baba stole it from him because he's that good a thief. That, that's like, that that's kind of cool. I like that thing. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I said to Dave, I'm like, wait, why doesn't he have it? And he's like, remember Kali Baba? I'm like, oh, that's right. It's Kali Baba's treasure. He stole it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Um, actually, to go back to the Pompeii thing, uh, y- like you said, it was a real thing. Um, cool fun fact, uh, wh- what was this? This was like a, was this like a, a birthday date? This was a, yeah, I got it, I think I got it as a birthday thing, and said, hey, you want to go, we, there was a, um... Pompeii exhibit, uh, nearby where we live. It was at the, um, it was at the... California... California Science Center. They yeah. did a, they did a whole thing, and it was full of artifacts from, uh, from Pompeii. Like, they actually had the people, like, uh... They had the, they had the the molds of like the 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 molds of the people that were caught in the pyroclastic flows. Like it's the actual oh, people geez. from Pompeii. That the people were like frozen in terror, in terror, and right when the thing hit. Like, yeah, the a- the ash cap. Yeah, yeah it, it's chilling. It's really chilling, and like um, all the artifacts they have are so remarkably preserved. But that's just because it was all just. It was all just flash, flash baked into preservation by the by the eruption. Like it's such an important archaeological site, but just because of this huge natural disaster that essentially destroyed, but also preserved so much of the city. Well, that's the thing about about that type of eruption. When the pyroclastic flow comes down, that's when the the cloud of the eruption is collapsing. Yeah, that thing comes rushing down the side of the mountain at seventy to one hundred miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Two to five hundred degrees, and it's one of those things of it is it is literally a cloud of rocks. It yep. is it is ash, it is small rocks and dust, and mm-hmm. it's all superheated. And the thing is, when it lands, it also usually lands with rain, so it basically is forming superheated cement when it's hitting. Yep, and it's... so that was the thing that like preserved Pompeii so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am, an, I am I an earth science and physics I, teacher. I was going to say. <laughs> science. So, sorry, I will get off my science soapbox. So no, we can no, 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 it's good. It's good. I just, I, enjoy, I, I love this. I know. I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot he's a physicist. I, don't, I mean, I mean all, I, all I did was take a course in the one, like, natural, the one, like, natural science course I took in college was geology. So, yeah, I have a sense of it, but still. Mine was oceanography, so. Good choice. Thank you. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, this genie... Like you'd you'd think Murloc wouldn't want any errors. He'd just be he'd be like, "Strike!" I wish that Scrooge McDuck was struck down where he stood. But he just says, "No, cast him out of my home." There's a lot of room for error in there, and there's and that's clearly what happens because uh, Scrooge is able to survive that because Scrooge is a tough so son of a gun. Oh yeah, he he survived so much. Uh, isn't there like a joke in I know there's a joke in like the new uh <laughs> in the new DuckTales that we don't know how old he is and it's like assumed he's like a hundred years ago a hundred years ago how old are you and there's like it, there there's a whole joke we really don't know how old Scrooge McDuck Scrooge is. is Scrooge McDuck we don't even know how how many times removed an uncle he is like how no. great an uncle he is to even Donald yeah, and then the, here's another funny part, too. He was probably the uncle to Donald's parents, too. Well, uh, here's another funny part, because there's a point, actually, in the new DuckTales where, um, TV show where he's actually frozen for, like, 30 or 40 years. So it's like... That'll help. So, like, he's cl- like he's been through so many adventurous situations that have, like, held his age or have magically reverted to him, etc., etc., so, like, we really have no idea how old this man is, but he's been around a very long time. Scrooge found, Scrooge inevitably found the fountain of youth somewhere. Yeah. Let's just listen. At some point, yeah. 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 He, and he, he is like a cockroach. 
He's very hard to kill. No, okay, actually, let me rephrase that. He is too stubborn to kill. When you said cockroach, it reminded me of my original point. Why didn't Murloc, while infiltrating that place as a cockroach and try to get the elevator going, just turn back into himself and then press the button? Because yeah. I always wondered that. Yeah, I did too. I mean, it made for tension when Scrooge is in the elevator shaft, and man, that duck can use his cane effectively. Oh, yeah. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Like, it's not, he doesn't need the cane for walking. No, he just has it because, like... He's a gentle, He's a gentleman, and he, he carries a gentleman's cane. That's why he... He has his top hat, he has his cane, and he has his spats. Yes. And Even he your spat collection! Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I like that part. Oh, Mr. Big Dog! Like, he, everything is gone, and he's, his eyes just go gray, like, just... His iris is... His, his pupils are so small in that scene. He looks utterly defeated. Poor Scrooge. I know. <laughs> the, um... I, I do really like the fact that Disney keeps up with their ability to kill off villains bloodlessly by having them plummet to their death. So I have oh, a I have a key. Yeah. This is this is something I've been waiting to bring up. Thank you, Alex. Oh, yeah. um, uh, does this count on the plummet counter because it's not a mainline Disney film? Well, okay. This is how about this? This is our Anna Musings plummet plummet counter. So we're gonna count because uh, it never happened in the other Anna Musings plus films, right? No, this is the first time we've had a a, a the a nineties late eighties early or nineties uh, villain plummets to their doom. Death. This so, is going to become a trend very quickly in um, as we move forward in so the in the podcast. I think for the sake, just because it's kind of our own rules, let's make it to the plumbing counter. Let's make it the whole Animusings. Uh, the whole Disney library. We're just looking for the when it when a fall happens, it results in the villain's demise. Yeah, because I feel like it is a trope. Um, yeah, there's clearly times where. Um, uh, like maybe they didn't die, or it's not—it's not the main villain. But it feels like it is a trope that Disney tends to fall back on in general. They're like, "Oh, how do we get rid of them in a way that doesn't seem that bad? Eh, just have them fall." So I feel like, and this will pop up in like, let's be honest, uh, not just the main, uh, like Walt Disney animated series. Uh, the main, the main animation canon. Main animation canon. I feel like it's also going to pop up in Dan- Animusing's pluses as well. So I feel like let's count it. You know, what? okay. We, we. I'm willing. I'm willing to. I'm willing to count it. This is the Animusing's plummet counter. Uh, but I mean, you can. I'll. I'll. I'll make it as a caveat that I think we might have it be sort of a like much like Animusing's plus is is a is connected but separate. This is the plus plummet counter. So on the plus counter, we have well, our first... Well, I know. I, I wanna, mean, it counts in the grand scheme. Let's just count in the grand scheme. We'll count in the grand scheme, but I also want to say this is the Animusings Plus first. We have our first plummet. I was just going to say, the plummet counter. <laughs> I'm glad Goofy never fell to his death. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, but I... Okay, also... This always this bugged me when I was watching it this time. Murloc, clearly very very powerful. Why does he not transform into a griffin way earlier and just steal the lamp? This is a very good point. Why didn't he turn human when he was in the elevator? He's not a very smart villain, is he? But he's, he's smart. Arrogant, he's smart enough I, to make good wishes. Which I think he's very arrogant. Which I think is why he does the whole cast him out instead of just kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
He's he's a he's your your typical kids movie all powerful sorcerer slash megalomaniac. Yes. Yes. So he's, he's not a very good villain. It's it's one of the reasons why I like Dijon better because Dijon is very clearly greedy. Yes. Oh yeah, that's what does Dijon want? Dijon wants money. He his goal in life is to sit on a pile of money. Everything and, is so much better with money. Hence why his magical pants can carry all that money. Dijon's MC Hammer pants, his parachute pants. To carry. I love it. Yeah, we have, we could finally talk about Dijon. At one point, huh? or am I making that up? Did he, what, what when point? he got out of the plane, did his pants blow up as a parachute, or am I making that up? I Maybe don't remember. I don't remember that. I don't think okay, so. I'm making it up then. That would have been great, though. That would have been amazing. I don't think he was ever on a plane. Oh, no, the, he got airdropped places by by uh, Murloc, but, but he dropped in a thorn bush. He did drop in a thorn bush, but he never... He's like, don't land there, don't land there! Now, Dijon's great. Um, he's clearly the comic relief sidekick for the villain, but he's a more interesting character than the villain as yeah. a result. He's he's greedy, he's driven by greed, and... And he's a very good pickpocket, apparently. By the way, is Except also a very bad pickpocket at the same time, because stuff falls out of his pants all the time. Yes. But I, I love the, the fact that's the thing. Like, he just carries all the money in his pants, and then there's so many times where he gets, like, pulled out of his pants, and then you get to see his, like, the typical, like, polka dot underwear. The boxer shorts? Yeah. 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 I was impressed when he steals all the silverware at the party, and it I doesn't know. make a difference. I'm like, I was shocked. Like, you, I'm like, you're still wearing silverware? Okay. But then again... It's, it's a- probably legit silverware. Yeah. When we were watching the film, and it cuts to him inside the kitchen... Heather just says, oh, please take the silverware. And then he immediately starts shoving it into his hand. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah. Um, I was going to say, is there, really, is there much more to, to address with this one? I feel like we've hit the major beats. There could be more of a launch pad, but there wasn't. But There was enough launch pad blundering into things. He, launch pad was in it way more at the beginning. Yeah. The opening scene with launch pad quote-unquote, landing the plane and, like, destroying the ancient ruins. Oh, man. Being older and understanding the importance of historical relics made me cringe so hard. Uh, me too. <laughs> oh, man. Launchpad, Launchpad's fun, but he, yeah. he, I, he just feels like he drops out of the movie, like, after a certain point, yeah. you know? And then he comes As back. There, he's there. He's definitely there, but he mostly just serves to actually be a pilot. He doesn't have many more comic relief scenes. He he gets his moment at the beginning. Um, his moments. I like the bit where they he they utilize the basket to yeah. avoid the uh, oh, that was a, scorpions. You, you notice this, like apparently a scorpion makes a hole in it, and you're like, wait, isn't there supposed to be a hole? How are they going to float down there? And then you notice, like just before they're about to put it in, there's a patch up, and we're like, yeah, one of the one of the boys shoves his uh, backpack in the hole, and it plugs it. So I'm like, okay, I appreciate the continuity there. Like, that was an interesting continuity choice They like that they chose to do. Yeah, Heather noticed that, too. She's like, how are they going to ride that with a hole in there? They thought the same thing. So, I, again, I appreciate it from the, the writer's and animator's perspective just giving us that. Oh, man. Um, I don't know what else there is to say. There's about. not a lot. I mean, yeah, this is a little different. Than what we normally do. It's a short film. Um, with a short commentary from I, us. I, I guess. It, the movie's barely an hour. Like, it's an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, yes. pre- pretty much. My, my recommendation, uh, and they did this on, on purpose, too. So, the idea behind the DuckTales movie was 
that anybody could watch it and get, understand it. That's why they don't have like the Beagle Boys or anything like that. Yeah, Murloc's a new villain. They don't have any yeah, of the established. And that that was a that was the point. Like, um, and I think as a movie, yeah, like if you've never seen Ducktales before, I think you could like anybody could easily watch it and get a sense of it and get a sense of the characters. Yeah, but I, I'm not gonna lie. If you grew up with Ducktales or you've even watched the new series. I think you'll get more out of it because you have a good understanding of who these characters are. It'll certainly help you appreciate. Um, it'll it'll let you appreciate parts of the old series, the old way, the old Ducktales, and definitely will help you appreciate parts of the new Ducktales too. Oh yeah, there. I honestly, after watching this and then watching the new new Ducktales, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I, I think the new Ducktales actually does right <laughs> with. But that's but that's also saying a lot because its its source material was very good. I mean, I look back at the old Ducktales. I'm like, there's some good there's some good stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Oh, the old Ducktales is great. They're, yeah, like they go on really great adventures. They have there's a lot of great characters. The, yeah, there. I mean, you've got you know Gladstone Gander, Gyro Gearloose, uh, uh, Magicka Dispel, hmm? and Gizmo Duck. Oh Giz- yeah, Gizmoduck. I was about to say Gizmo Duck. Uh, Can't forget Gizmo <laughs> by, by, by the way, there's there's a point in the new series because it's voiced by Liz uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, Miranda, and he says woohoo, and I'm like, you know what? There's no doubt in my mind that Lin Manuel Miranda went to them and is like, please let me say woohoo for the love of God, please let me say woohoo at some point, and they're like, yeah, okay, you're Lin Manuel Miranda. Are we really gonna say no to you? He's like, yeah. you have more Tonys than we do. You just. <laughs> He's like, do you want one? I've got so many. <laughs> like, I feel th- this is. I'm just gonna do uh, do a quick like side thing. I, here's what I've noticed with Lin Manuel Miranda. I feel like he goes up to things that he loves and is like, "Can I be a part of this, please?" Like he asks so nicely because he and they're like, "Well, yeah, of course, you're Lin Manuel Miranda. Why wouldn't you?" And he just so is so genuinely excited. For these things. Yeah. It's like, do you not know you're famous? Do you not realize if someone, if you ask for something, people will automatically give it to you? Like, but it's, he's just like a very, from what I gather of his personality, he seems like a very genuine person. Yeah. That like. He definitely is. I, I follow him on Twitter and I've seen a bunch of interviews with him and he's just, he just seems to just be very bubbly and very happy. And he's just really excited to share things he enjoys. Oh, yeah. And, like, clearly a lot of the projects he chooses to do, he's genuinely passionate about or he has a love for. Like, I can, I can, like when I, I saw he was going to be in the new Mary Poppins, I'm like, I'm not surprised. Like, I, I, can, I have no doubt he was probably a fan of the old, the old movie. And then same with, like, him being in DuckTales. I'm like, I'm not surprised. Or him doing the music for Moana. I'm like, I'm not surprised. We're on a, while we're on a... Lynn tangent. I'm very much looking forward to seeing him in his Dark Materials. Again, oh not surprised. Yes. I'm not surprised. And I think the reason I'm bringing him up right now is, like, he's going to become, like, especially as we get further into the uh, Disney canon, I feel like we're going to see more of him. We're definitely going to see more of Lynn, so, yeah. Yeah, and we're, we are going to address his music when we talk about Moana. I remember when we started this, Moana was the newest film, and now, well, we're far enough in that it's not, which yeah, is interesting. Yeah, it's we're gonna, Frozen 2 is coming out, and yeah. we're going to have to address that. Dating this episode. Anyway, uh, no, it's fine. People know when this premieres. Uh, so yeah, Treasure of the Lost Lamp. I I enjoyed this. 
I, I, I liked it. And I liked it well enough. It's not a favorite, but I I think parts of it hold up, and I'm glad I watched it. Um, glad I got to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, so. I I think what make what makes it important is the fact that it was Disney trying something a bit different. Like they're like, oh well, this is a proven. Uh, this was a proven series that has shown to do well. Let's see what we can do if it was a movie. And because of its, I don't want to say failure, because it's not a failure, but it's just, yeah. in their minds, it was a failure. Mm-hmm. It led to them not doing as many, the, like, the ideas for possibly doing movies based off TV series kind of stopped there. Uh-huh. But then eventually, there will be a point it does pick up again. Yes. Like, I can tell you without a doubt, um... Um, a lot of the Animusing Plus ideas that we had, and I don't think we're going to do. Like, there's too many, and I feel like a lot of them are... We want to talk about the ones that are we feel are significant. Yeah. So. Um, there, a lot you of... You probably won't hear us talk about the teacher's pet movie. Just, no, just be real. We, we were talking, like, um, a lot of the movies that come up, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, let me get my list um, <laughs> really quick. Because <laughs> um, I, I had a list of, like, movies that were... Going to to be possible in Musings Pluses, and um, they are produced by Walt Disney animated features, but it it's not what like holds them. But they are theatrical releases, mm-hmm. and there's a point where a lot of them are based off TV shows, like uh, like um, Doug's first movie, Recess, um, Teacher's Pet, like. There is a point where they're like, well, let's do this. You don't hear those being talked about as like, this is the, you know, 48th Walt Disney animated feature. No. You know, like they're not part of the canon, so. Well, and I mean, I there's a point where we talked like, should we actually do this? Like, should we talk about these? But I feel like it's not as important. Yeah, we've already skipped a couple anim- in the past even and and movies that had animation in them that Disney produced that we didn't talk about. And just because we either they weren't on our radar or we felt that we, they weren't necessarily not worth talking about, but just, we didn't want to talk about them. Well, or like we decided not. Well, the one that we like, one that we skipped uh, was pointed out to us by Andrew was uh, so dear to my heart. Yeah. For example, that's an older film and it has an animated lamb in it. And that's about the extent of the animation in it. But yeah. Still. I, I, in, I, I didn't see the importance of that. And then someone recommended Tron, but I feel like Tron made more of a difference for uh, visual like effects. Computer effects. Exactly. Yeah. Animators did work on it. Don't get me wrong. Animators worked on it. And there, there's animation involved, but it's not... I don't know. I mean, it's less anim- but it's less animation and more 3D effects. This is a 3D effects movie, not an animated film. Right. Now, we will eventually be talking about computer generated animation mm-hmm. in as a as a feature film so i mean maybe we might return back to tron Who we knows? could we, we could always come back to tron like maybe we'll when, see maybe when we get into um eventually uh i'm trying to think of like pixar like that could be yeah we can go back there's a influences the history of pixar so but i i think the problem is i feel like it's more of a visual effects right film than it is a mm. animation film um, but yeah, there, there's, yeah, there are, uh, like extra films here and there, but I feel, I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's that, in, like the, the, this, this one, this one feels significant. This, this one is, this one is significant. This because, one is significant because it was the first to Disney film to actually base off a 
TV series and yes. basically kind of take a gamble and say, let's see how this works. And it worked fine. It worked fine. It worked fine enough that they did more later. Maybe not immediately, but they did more later. Yes. So that's good. And it did influence uh, a Goofy movie. Like how... Uh, That'll be fun to talk about. I look forward we to We are going to talk about a Goofy movie. Yes, we are going to talk about a Goofy movie, so... <laughs> uh, All right. Well, um, I think that just about wraps up this uh, this tale of this sordid adventure of ducks and dog faces. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Um, Thanks for having us. Do you want to plug anything? Uh, yes, we are the creators and hosts of a live play D&D podcast called Quest On. It is five players and me as the DM. It is a rather humorous and lighthearted adventure. So if anyone is interested in checking out a RPG podcast, it is Quest On. Uh, where can we find Quest On? So Quest On is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all of the podcast sites. I'm working on getting a YouTube channel for us at some point mm-hmm. to be determined. We are also on Twitter, and we have a Facebook site. If you, you Google for Quest On, you should be able to find us. It sounds like you've got your bases covered. So <laughs> Certainly trying to. Excellent. <laughs> well, um... I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, this was excellent. Again, thank you both for joining us. And uh, stay tuned, because uh, a little later, tw- toward the end of the month, if all goes well, we will be returning. We will be revisiting another couple of animated characters we haven't seen in a while. <gasps> we get to deal with our first sequel. Yeah, our first proper sequel. Although I still argue that um, Three Caballeros is kind of a sequel of Saludos Amigos, but that's... You need to say that you're going to be going down under, mate. That's that, that yeah. we are. Why to go, mate? I going uh, down under. Oh, uh, before we end this, I should just so people don't get upset. Yes, the song, the theme song of DuckTales is the best part of. Let's be honest, it is the best part. It is really the best part. Uh, I, and you I know what? Say, close out to close out. Could I sing a bit of the song for you guys? Absolutely. Yes. Go ahead. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, airplanes. It's a duck bird. Let's solve a mystery. Or rewrite history. <laughs> duck tales. <laughs> Every day they're out there making duck tales. <laughs> you want to end it out like with the, the ending of uh, duck tales? You know what? I think breaking anime music or anime music plus tradition yes i think we have to the duck tales thing (laughs) awesome yes all right thanks y'all and uh until next time take care and uh we don't have an official sign off goodbye (laughs) have a good night guys you too Hello, this is Brendan Creasy, and I'm the host of Radio Brendo Man, a podcast on the Benvy Network. I'll be interviewing a new guest each episode on the show. We'll be talking about creating things, all things geek culture, movies, TV, and all kinds of other stuff. If that sounds cool, check out Radio Brendo Man at RadioBrendo.com, BenvyNetwork.com, or in your podcast app. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. 
You can find this and other podcasts like it at BendUNetwork.com.